Greetings everyone. Welcome to season 4 of the Dimelo Marere podcast where we are deeply exploring the theme of psycho-spiritual healing for leaders and looking at the forms of healing that are necessary and available to you as a leader who's committed to healing your personal and inner lives within the bigger mission of birthing the world we most desire for our collective human race. I am your host, Dimelo Mareri, and I'm a spiritual healer, womb medicine woman, and embodied leadership specialist based in Botswana. And through my work in healing programs, I help mostly women leaders heal their core inner wounds and inner wound pains so they may get to experience joy, pleasure, confidence, and freedom in their lives, in their bodies, and in their leadership. You may read more on the series on my website at dumelomareri.com forward slash library, where you may also explore my work further. You may also connect with me on Instagram. My handle is at dumelomareri. And now, let's dive into today's episode. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to our new episode in the series of Psycho-Spiritual Healing for Leaders. And in this new episode, we're specifically going to be exploring the theme or the question of why you, as a leader, quite specifically, need to heal. This is a theme that we also explored in the previous episode, However, I found this conversation and this episode super, super necessary because there's actually why you as a leader specifically need to heal. As a leader, you hold like a very specific invitation and a very specific opportunity to heal your own personal pain and trauma, specifically because you're a leader and specifically because of the position that you might hold in society or in your place of work or in in your lineage or in our broader society, right? And so, yeah, this conversation that we're having today follows that conversation that we had in episode two of the series. And I'd love for us to just deeply, deeply dive into why you specifically as a leader need to heal, right? So as a leader, and while while there is an appreciation for the fact that all of us as human beings are co-creators of our collective experience, and the manifestation of life in the world. So while there is an appreciation that we're all co-creating the experiences that we're having as a human race in this world, we also want to recognize that you as a leader are at the forefront of the creation process of our world and whatever new worlds whatever new earth we might want to create, right? And so there's just this very specific invitation 
to recognize the fact of you being a front runner in the creation process of the world we want, right? So currently there is a lot that is not going right in our world. There's a lot that is going well, <laughs> but there's also quite a lot that is not going right which is what gets us quite occasionally saying we want to create a better world for ourselves. We want to create a better world for our children and we want to create a better world for our grandchildren and our great grandchildren. Now you as a leader are standing at the forefront of the creation process of this new worlds that we've been, been saying we want, right? And the reason why we're saying you are at the forefront is because you might be involved in the formulation of policies, policies that seek to architect the worlds we say we want. You might be actively involved in the process of building organizations, whether they be like at a more higher level, governmental organizations, parastatals, you could also be building your own organization where you are a founder or where you have started your own business. You might be a business owner. You might have started your own company. You might be a solo entrepreneur in the form of a healer or a coach. That puts you in the place of a leader. And by you being a business owner, by you having started your own company or your business, that puts you in the place of somebody who is a front runner in the active creation, in actively creating the worlds that we say we want. I'd love for you to recognize that. Starting your own business is no small feat, especially in the creation process of the worlds that we say we want. And so we want to arrive at that realization and the appreciation that you're actively involved in the creation process of building the worlds, giving birth to and building the new worlds that we say we want through your own creations, right? You could be actively leading people, right? In your organization as a team leader, as a manager at executive level, the mere fact that you're leading a group of people means that you are influencing some trajectory in how y'all are moving forward, in what y'all are creating and what y'all are building, right? And it's these, like, it's these um, actions that often seem small, these actions that action tasks, projects, decisions that need to be made that seem small, that when we bring them all together, that actually what builds or what gives rise to the world as we experience it. I'd love for you to see that. When we sit together as parliamentarians and we agree on a policy of say the, um, the age limit for sexual consent, for example, that is a decision process that will inform how we will continue to live and experience life going forward. If you as a leader, for example, are familiar with cyclical living and you craft into policy 
cyclical business practices and procedures, you're literally informing the lives of the people who work with and for you, who collaborate with you, and therefore are giving rise to a pathway of being and of doing life. I hope you may see how you are literally standing at the forefront of the creation process of the new worlds we say we want, and also how you stand in such a position of massive opportunity to intentionally and organically influence that process, right? You might be a thought leader. You might be somebody who, when some big event happens in our society, they go check out your Facebook page or your Instagram page to hear what your opinions are on the matter because they lean into your wisdom. They lean into your voice, right? It could be that your ideas, your sentiments, your own way of life influences how other people live their lives. And so you're literally <laughs> influencing how they get to experience or how they view the world, right? And so in, in that way, you're actually in a posi position to influence the thinking of those who follow you, right? Online or offline, right? And so we want to arrive at this, con at this conversation with that appreciation that as a leader, you are at the forefront in the creation process of the new worlds we say we want. And so I've already introduced the concept of a new earth, a new earth leadership, right? Currently, there are a lot of changes that are happening in our world where our world is gradually transitioning into what we can call a new earth. And so for that new earth to be deeply anchored, for that new earth to actually become a lived experience, we on the ground also need to align our actions and our leadership to the emergence and the manifestation of that new earth. And we also need to support that process, right? Yeah, but before that, like it's no small thing that you as a leader are standing at the forefront in creating the new earth, right? And so secondly, we also want to appreciate that while you are a front runner, in this creation process. You are, however, not exempted from the pain and trauma that are sustained by all human beings in this world. Just by having been born in this world that is currently founded on patriarchal values and systems, right? You as a leader are not exempted from the pain and trauma that we encounter just by having been born in this world. So all of us as human beings have sustained to varying degrees some level of pain and trauma that influences how we move in the world, that influences our creation processes, that influences what we create, and that influence the inner architecture, the inner infrastructure, the inner templates of all that which we create. For example, when you're coming up with an idea of a business, a company that you want to 
start, that past pain and trauma, whatever experiences you have had, directly inform how you will birth this business, how you will create it, and how you will build it. Right? And a theme that we have explored in the in the in the previous two episodes is just an example, the theme of the leadership that a lot of us have been conditioned and initiated into, you know? <laughs> so we've been conditioned that there's a particular way in which you are to run a business, there's a particular way in which you are to engage with your colleagues, that you are to engage with your followers, right? That has been deeply programmed and deeply conditioned in us, right? So some of that might be directly influenced by the pain and trauma that we have sustained in our personal lives at a personal level, right? So now we just want to look at some of the wounding, the inner wounding that we may sustain as individuals, right? And how that can actually influence how we create and what we create, right? And this has been mentioned in the previous two episodes, but I think it's coming up again because it's such a big event and a big experience in our individual life experiences, right? So for example, there's the primal mother wound and father wound, right? That, that can often result in, so at, at a personal level, these might manifest as imposter syndrome, which is one of the leadership pains we explored in the previous episode. The mother wound can manifest as self-sabotage. The father wound, mother wound can also manifest as money, money trauma or troubles with money or finances. The primal mother wound and father wound can seep into these areas of your life, including intimacy. So they can manifest as intimacy wounds and these, all of these actually also affect and inform your leadership, how you step into your leadership, how you ex exhibit, and how you experience that leadership, right? For, for us as, as Black people or Africans, we also carry wounds from slavery and colonialism, right? Which can inform vows of invisibility, which can inform vows of inferiority. And with this one, it's an experience where at a very deep subconscious and psychic level, just at the, at the very deep level of, the, of your psyche, there is this um, like deeply seated beliefs around you being inferior, right? So when we do the deeper work, we can find that some of those are flowing from the experiences of our ancestors who directly experienced um, slavery and colonialism in active play, you know? Um, also flowing from these wounds of slavery and, and colonialism, there's also scarcity consciousness, right? Which can affect the levels to which we experience abundance as Black people or as Africans. 
And these big collective experiences, I mean, they're actually experienced at an individual level because you are a human being, you are a person. Whatever happens at the collective level, it's going to have an impact on you at a personal level. So you have you 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 have your own personal experience of it in a very unique and personal way in which it affects you. Right. And I was also mentioning this to say that um, although we as black people, Africans, we were on the receiving end of slavery and colonialism, there's a way in which it also impacted those who are Caucasian and whose predecessors were the architects and the implementers of that slavery and colonialism, such that there is an invitation for healing at that level too. Right. And one of the biggest pains for humanity is around the sexual misery program, what is called the sexually misery program, which informs sexual wounds, sexual trauma, intimacy wounds. Right. This is at the core of why we as women would want to heal our wounds, even if you might not have encountered any direct sexual trauma in your life in this current lifetime. Because at some level within your own lineage, at another lifetime, or even in this current lifetime, just because of the systems and the values that govern how our society is currently set up, they may inflict some pain and trauma in your womb space, right? And so, yeah, that was just to, to share examples, you know, of how we who are leaders are actually not exempted from the experiences, the human experiences, that can result in pain and trauma that you might be holding in your various bodies, emotional body, subtle body, etc. Yeah. And key, now the reason why then you as a leader truly really need to heal is because this healing becomes necessary. The healing becomes necessary because if your own personal pain and trauma is just left to sit there and is not attended to, resolved, integrated, transmuted, it seeps into into your creations, it seeps into your leadership, it seeps into your activism. It actually has the effect of anchoring your creation in the past. So visualize that with me. It's like if our past pain and trauma 
is not resolved. It anchors our leadership, it anchors the creation of our lives in the past. Like it keeps us hooked in a way to the past, such that whatever we're creating is flowing from the past. Yet here we are today saying we want to create a new world, saying we want to create a new earth. So exactly how does that become possible? If we ourselves, the creators, are still holding on to unconsciously, are still unconsciously holding on to, unconsciously deeply attached to the past, right? And so when we're not actively engaged in the process of transmuting, integrating, resolving our past pain and trauma, we risk creating systems, we risk creating ideas, projects, organizations that actually mirror the old worlds that we say we don't want. So if, as a woman, for example, who has been born into a patriarchal society that does not honor the cyclical nature of women, if I don't attend to that conditioning within me that says I must override the wisdom of my body, that says I must just push through even when my body is letting me know that she needs rest, that has conditioned me to not value my cyclical nature. It means that when I create an organization, when I start a company, when I start a business, <laughs> it means that I'm going to carry that conditioning with me. And yet in the new world, what a lot of women are asking for in the world right now, some are not even aware of it, is that we want for our cyclical nature to be honored. And yet that begins with us. It begins with you first coming home to your own cyclical nature, beginning to honor it, beginning to revere it, and beginning to work with it. Do you see this? That if we are to create the new worlds that we say we want, we must allow ourselves to move through a process of deconditioning, of healing our past pain and trauma, which is, which is in effect a process of being born anew within ourselves and to ourselves. Nothing, can, nothing new can be born from an old structure. And so for us to actually become, for us to be in a position to build something new, to create this new world that we say we want, we ourselves must become new within ourselves, inside, because that is where everything is born. So we create the worlds as we are, right? And that means that we create the worlds from our set of beliefs. We create worlds from whatever vows we've made. We create worlds from our conditioning. If we believe if we've been conditioned, if I have been conditioned that as a woman, I can never 
create anything beautiful because I'm a man. <laughs> or I can never create anything more beautiful than what a man can create. That's what I'm going to experience, right? And that's what I will keep recreating, right? That will become a, a, like a self-fulfilling prophecy because that's the unconscious deep conditioning that I hold and that is the condition from which I create or I give birth to my life, right? And so when we want to begin to create something new, something more liberated, something more expansive, we ourselves must first become liberated from the inner conditioning, the inner pain and trauma that holds us, that keep us anchored to those to that old conditioning. Right? And if, for example, so we currently live in a world where <laughs> we don't value the intelligence of our emotions, right? We speak about this quite a lot. We talk about how restrictive leadership can be, how we as women are not allowed of code on code to be in our feminine nature. That is something we're currently experiencing in our lives, right? Such that even we as business owners, <laughs> who have rejected the inverted masculine ways, say maybe of the corporate structures, we might find that even once we have stepped away from the corporate structures and we step into our own businesses, we're still creating from that deep conditioning of what it means to be a woman leader. And usually that story goes like, if you want to be taken seriously, you shouldn't feel or show your emotions, really. And yet, we we as women experience this as a deep yearning. We experience a deep yearning to be in spaces that honor the intelligence of our emotions. We yearn for a world where even we ourselves can honor and lean into the intelligence of our emotions, right? And so if that is an aspect of the new earth that we dream of, if that is an aspect of the world we would love to create, we as individuals need to first arrive at that space within ourselves where we move through the inner barriers that make it so difficult for us to lean into <laughs> and honor the intelligence of our emotions. We need to do the inner work of breaking down the inner walls that keep us so deeply disconnected from our emotional bodies. And then <laughs> we may begin to arrive to a space where we are both in our conscious feminine principle, we can lean into our vulnerability we can lean into our softness while also leaning into strong presence, strong integrity, strong wisdom, and solid action taking. We want both the conscious feminine and the conscious masculine. And right now, what is dominant in our world is the inverted masculine, 
and the feminine has been repressed, right? And so in the new earth, in the world that we want to create, we have liberated the conscious feminine. We have healed her to a conscious state and we also heal our relationship with the masculine such that we're not operating from the place of the inverted masculine and are now in healthy relationship with the conscious masculine, right? So we could actually literally work with a lot of examples of, of what we mean when we say we want to make a, the world a better place, you know? <laughs> For example, when we're talking about corrupt leaders, political leaders, even corporate leaders, right? When we're talking about, yeah, corrupt leaders, where there's lack of honesty, where there's lack of integrity. If we're saying we desire such a world, if that's the world we want to create, where there's fairness, where there's justice, and there's equitable distribution of resources, that process it needs to start within ourselves. Where you as an individual come to a place of integrity within yourself. Where you come to a place of radical honesty with yourself. That is the only way. That is the only way in which we can begin to create a world of radical honesty, a world of radical integrity. It starts with you. And this is why you as a leader need to heal. Because if we don't heal, if we're still holding that past pain and trauma, we will continue to recreate the worlds and the systems that we say we don't want. We will continue to recreate leadership practices that we say we don't want. And we're not saying we're bad people <laughs> because a lot of it happens unconsciously. We're really not aware of the ways in which our pain and trauma, our wounded conditioning is actually recreating the things that we say we don't want. And so from my 10 year journey of, <laughs> I say deeply experimenting with this, deeply immersing myself in my own healing and also holding space for others who want to heal, I have come to see and to experience healing as a major key in transforming ourselves. Sometimes just for the sake of making our own personal lives matter better, which is enough. And also sometimes transforming ourselves so that we can transform the world. And what I have seen is that if you truly, truly want to change the world, to effect change in a sustainable manner, in a long lasting way, that process needs to start with your own healing. Yeah, because we can't create anything sustainable until we are operating with ourselves in a sustainable manner. And a lot of us aren't, right? Um, a big thing in how we work 
that is not sustainable is the grand culture, the hustle culture of burning ourselves out, of working, of creating, of building, of doing business at the expense of our bodies. That thing is not sustainable. And we see it year in, year out. How at some points in the year, you just crash. You're overexhausted. Completely depleted. And burnt out. We do this in our personal lives. <laughs> and what's interesting is that you can see it reflected in how we live with Mother Nature. We burn her out in how we extract the resources held within her body. We deeply exhaust her in our agricultural practices where we don't give the soil any rest. We deplete her of her very life deforestation because it's, a, it's truly a reflection of the relationship that we have with ourselves. How we deplete ourselves, we exhaust ourselves, we burn ourselves. Sometimes unconsciously because we don't know anything else. This is what we have been conditioned into. Yeah. So I wanted to highlight that actually how we, we relate with Mother Earth is a direct reflection of how we relate with the feminine principle. Yeah. So with the feminine having been repressed in our world, you can see that in how we relate with Mother Earth, who is who is a feminine essence. We pillage her, we deplete her in ways that are in many ways equivalent to a rape, you know? It's a deep violation of her essence, of her being. When you look at what we do to Mother Nature, it reflects in a lot of ways how we as individuals relate with ourselves. It's the same. When you are working at the expense and in deep, deep disregard of your body, it's a direct reflection of how we relate with Mother Earth in deep disregard of her body, of her inner resources, of your inner resources, of your energy, of your life force energy, of the very life within you. Again, for a lot of us, it is to a large extent not conscious because we don't know anything else. This is all we know. This is what we were taught. This is what we were conditioned and initiated into. Right? And so when we're wanting to build something better, something transformed, we ourselves must transform first. <laughs> when we speak of climate change, that climate change, the awareness of it needs to first happen within ourselves of the ways in which we are abusive to our own bodies, our inner climates, our inner environments. Only then <laughs> we cannot truly begin to honor the cycles of Mother Nature until we have honored and begun to respect our own 
cyclical nature. How we engage with the earth, with the world, is a direct reflection of how we engage with ourselves. Yeah, I hope we may arrive at that deep appreciation, right? That the healing of the world begins with you healing yourself. If you want to change the world as a leader, you first have to change yourself. And so when you ask how, how can I change myself? You have to do the inner healing work. Like, yeah, there's no other way around it and no shortcuts because also healing is a, it's a slow process. Why? Because <laughs> um, the sustainable path is usually slow in nature. And it's actually also interesting because it mirrors the slow nature of, of, of Mother Earth, of Mother Nature, of the organic path. I posted on my Instagram the other day that this, this habit of us wanting to build, to create and build our, our lives at supersonic fast speed, it's actually a conditioning of the patriarchal world where we want to be in movement at all times, in fast movement at all times, and having fast results, quick results. That is not the organic path because eventually we become depleted. It's like you will know it's not the sustainable path because at some point you begin to crash. That's how you know. Right? And so when we're speaking of courageous leadership, when we're speaking of a leadership that is embodied, that leadership needs to have at the core a very committed practice. Of, of you healing your life. Of you healing your own childhood wounds. Of you healing your own ancestral trauma and wounds. Of you as a woman healing your womb and your womb pains however way those might manifest. And for you, especially as a woman, it's critical that you heal your womb. Because these are creation portals. Our very lives, our very leadership is born from the creation portals that are our wombs. And so if these are sitting with some pain and trauma, it means we're birthing, we're conceiving, we're birthing ideas, projects, organizations, policies, governments. Through and from the imprint of that past pain and trauma. Right? If we're wanting to transform how we experience family, or if we're wanting to heal the fractured family systems that we find ourselves in, the dysfunctional family, you know, when we speak of dysfunctional families, we're speaking essentially of these fractured family systems, which is one of the many pandemics in our worlds. When you're wanting to heal that, you first attend to your own internal fractures. You want to heal the mother wound, you want to heal the father wound. You want to heal your womb. 
Yeah. And so, as a leader, you want to heal because you are at the forefront of creating the new world that we say we are creating. And to ensure that we are actually creating the new world, the new earth that we desire, that we speak of, we need to ensure that we're creating that new world from a wholesome, from a place of wholeness, from a place of integrity that is not fractured, from a place of radical honesty, a healed space. And we're not saying healing is a finite process, you know? It's a continuous process. However, it allows us the inner infrastructure, the inner capacity to actually give birth to these new worlds that we say we want to actually embody, to become the change that we say we want. Because that's the only way we're going to get it. We have to, we ourselves have to first become that change that we say we want. Yeah, like there's no way around it. And so, you need to heal, especially because you're a leader. And especially because every day when you wake up to go to work, you're actively involved in the process of creating our future world. And if that future world is going to look like the world that we desire for ourselves, you need to attend to your personal pain and trauma such that it doesn't seep into whatever it is that you're working on, whatever it is that you're birthing, whatever it is that you're creating, whatever it is that you're working so hard to build. You need to heal specifically because if we don't heal, that pain, that trauma, that old conditioning, it keeps us anchored to the old world. It's like when you're it's like being plugged into the old world, the old systems, and creating from that, from that source. And so by healing our lives, by healing our personal pain and trauma, we we effectively unplug from that old system, from that old source, and we plug to a new source whose values match the elevated values, the more expanded values, the godly values that we want to see in our new world. Values such as radical honesty, integrity, radical responsibility, accountability, it's really what we say we want. At family level, we want parents who are accountable. We want parents who can say, I'm sorry. We want lovers, partners who can say, I was wrong. A radical responsibility. We want political leaders who can say, I messed up. When I sold that tender to so-and-so, right? Um, however, you know, that needs to first embodied within ourselves. We ourselves need to anchor in those changes for them to begin to emerge and be experienced in our outer world. 
they have to be born within us first. And in that process of, of birthing them within ourselves, it's beautiful because when we begin to birth those changes within ourselves, we, is it consequently? At the same time, we simultaneously develop the capacity to birth those in the outer world. Yeah. So this is all that I wanted to share today, right? Um, because we had had only a very small segment of it in the previous episode. And so I thought we just needed a conversation specifically for this. Also without watering down the message also. And yeah, just with the opportunity to say it as it is, right? And so, yeah, <laughs> that's about it. And if you might have any thoughts, if you might have any questions, please know I would love to hear from you. You can either DM me on my Instagram or email me. My email address is hello at dimelomarero.com. Um, my website is dimelomarero.com, where you can also explore my healing offers. If you're listening to this and it resonates and you're like, hey, <laughs> I'd like to heal, <laughs> please check out my offers. I offer, I have two offers currently, once of healing, healing sessions and a private healing program where you can work one-on-one -on -one with me or for three months or for six months of deeply diving into your own inner your own inner being and facilitating healing for whatever pain and trauma that you might hold that you might have experienced in in your life right so if you go to dimelomarejo.com what slash work with me you can go explore the private healing program where i've also outlined like the the various themes that we can work on you know that i have been trained in um, and that I hold the capacity to hold space for you in healing, right? Um, yeah, mother wound healing, father wound healing, inner child healing, womb healing, leadership, medicine leadership, alchemy, um, intimacy healing, sexual healing, the sexual trauma. Um, yes, so definitely do check it out. And... Until next time, until the next episode, I'm your host, Dimano Mareri. Bye. If this podcast has been of value to you, please definitely share it with a friend or a colleague or leave us a review so this work may reach others who need it. For more of my work, please visit my website at dimelomareri.com or connect with me on Instagram at dimelomareri. Until the next episode, I wish you a beautiful day or evening ahead. Mm -hmm.